What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Bye. With your friendly stay-at-home podcast hosts Harish and Terence from Ministry of Funny. Hey, but to clarify, I'm actually uh, I'm actually in the office. La. I'm in the office. I'm not at home. Oh, you're in the office? Uh? Yeah, la. of oh, course. Damn. La. The whole world can't stop just because you are in quarantine. Eh? <laughs> you went to the office to get away from your wife, right? Uh, my wife is working. Why would I be getting away from her? <laughs> nice save, man. Nice save. You're just trying to nice save. You're like one of those people who, who <laughs> say you're working from home, but actually you're just like sleeping and jerking off, right? <laughs> no, but like to be honest, like the past few days have been tough, man. Like fucking staying at home is is driving me nuts, which is why, like, this is what I was I was I was telling you, and and this is just uh to everyone listening is a conversation I had with Terrence saying like we need to I like oh I need some sort of a bit more structure to. To have like more deadlines for the stuff we are we are planning to do because otherwise I'm just fucking aimless and lost at home. But uh, what what is just, so what is so bad about working from home that that makes it so difficult? So I mean, okay, for me personally, working at home, um, because I I live with my mom, so so there's that there's that element, and she is also not trying to go out. And then the thing about staying at home, I for the longest time I've never been able to work uh at home unless there's a very very tight deadline. If 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 like when we were doing our TV show and all, if we needed to edit, then home is great. I get up from bed, I edit, I go back to sleep, I get up, I edit. But in times where the deadlines are not very urgent and there needs to be like more internal motivation to to work, uh, that is where I find it hard at home la. And also being home since fucking like Sunday, it sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what what, is your, what, really what does your mother have to do with it though? I don't understand this because. I mean, just that um, once in a while she'll shout my name for something, and I mean, okay, like <laughs> I've lived, uh, I've lived of my own, and I've lived with my mom, and for some reason, there's a big difference uh, about having just your mom in the vicinity. Like, I don't know how to explain it, and I know you're 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 acting all surprised because you don't <laughs> live with your mom. <laughs> so fuck you, okay? <laughs> but maybe she's shouting at you because because you're like not wearing pants and you're walking around and it's indecent or whatever. That's why she's shouting at you. Have you thought of that? No, most of the most of the time she's shouting at me because my ears are plugged into music or recording a damn podcast. Oh, it's not because you're doing something <laughs> wrong, lah. Like yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And 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 because I've I've given that I came back from Bali, I've really made an active effort to not go out at all. Like the worst case is I just go down. For a, for a walk and avoid people, so so I'm trying to do my part, but man, and already like I think I I I don't have kids. I've been I've been reading up. I mean, or like, I've been seeing a lot of people who have kids at home saying that um they can't they can't uh they can't imagine teaching kids for longer periods of time. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have kids. Uh, and yeah lah, So I can imagine people out there getting going even more crazy if you have a big family and everyone is staying at home. Holy crap. Yeah, so I think I think our podcast right now is dedicated to all the stay-at-home warriors, everyone who's yes. going through the same thing that Harish is going through now, and <laughs> yeah, being screamed right. at by your mothers or your wives and and stuff like that, <laughs> or, or husbands, yeah. husbands. Let's not let's not be sexist here. It could be husbands yeah. and and dads. fathers and fathers. Yeah, they're, they're irritating <laughs> you as well. Because I mean, I know but I know that I can be very irritating if my wife is trying to work at home as well, and even my dogs, my dogs like are irritated that I'm at home so much these days. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they they probably think I'm depressed or something. Uh. they're like, why why is he not going out at all? 
<laughs> but but ironically, what we said before we recorded this podcast is we're not going to talk about anything coronavirus related and we start with talking about being quarantined at home, which I guess you can argue if you think about we're just saying we're working from home. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the quarantine. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. to do with the virus. We're just deciding to take a break from each other and work from home. No, but one thing, I mean, I, I do think that uh, you and I, we share is that when we see instances of, of extraordinary times like this, right, we always make an effort to document how we feel or think about it. Remember when like the Lee Kuan Yew funeral, for example, like how we yeah. decided, okay, let's just go down and walk the streets and, and see what the, the midnight, big fuss yeah. is. Sorry, midnight. And, and, and it, was, it was really something crazy. Like it was the feeling in the air. There was just something in the air that didn't feel right. Like. And, and, you know, it, it was, it made me like, oh, okay. I think it's actually really worth uh, documenting these things and like talking about the, the act of quarantining, which is like a month ago, no one could have imagined that our lives would be like that a month ago, la, you know? So so it's, it's, it's something worth just sitting back and thinking, huh, this is quite extraordinary. Yeah. And, and for me, it's actually quite cathartic talking about it because, I mean, I, I haven't really posted much on Facebook and then over the past few months, I think my, I mean, over the past, since we started doing social media for a living, my rate of Facebook posts have been very limited. So there's almost so much I want to express, but I don't know how and we're not making videos at this point in time. So this podcast is cathartic and I know for our listeners, some of you guys did message us the last podcast saying, that, oh, it would be nice if it was something not coronavirus related, which we understand, which we are, which is what we're trying to do today. But part of it is also just talking through it and making sense of this whole crazy business. La. Yeah. I think there, there, there is but, humor, yeah. there's humor in everything like, if you really look for it. So it's, I think that yeah. people are just sick of talking about coronavirus at this point now, maybe. Yeah. So, so which is why today we're actually going to make an active effort. Like even the topics we have, we have selected, they, they are a very, very distantly related to coronavirus. But even without the virus, these topics would still stand there. So that yeah. we can guarantee you, if and when we veer into coronavirus, we'll self, we'll check ourselves, our own self, check our own selves, and and veer away la. So yeah. so hopefully we can also use this as an escape from from everything we're gonna get back to after this podcast ends. I would I would suggest also if you are if you want to make it more fun for yourself, every time the word corona is mentioned, you take a shot of water or something la. something healthy. <laughs> take a shot yeah. of water as you listen no, to this now podcast. Is the, no, now is the best time to drink, dude, because you don't even need to worry about making a getting a taxi home. Oh, that's true. Uh. You just drink at home. Yeah. So yeah, so all of you listening, you're working from home, fuck it, just grab some alcohol. If you don't drink alcohol, just, uh, I don't know, like eat some wallpaper or something because there are people who eat wallpaper. Uh, my mom was one of them when she was young. Um, but um, but yeah, just, just do something fun to spice up your life. Uh. Water... I guess if you don't drink enough water, that's fine. But maybe you can just take like a shot of Sri Racha or something. Yeah. Every time we say the C word. Yeah. The dreaded C word. The C word. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, the okay. C word. The C word. Like fucking now, can say, now we can say cunt, cock, chibai, everything, all that can. But the other C word cannot. Yeah, the big C other word. Other C word cannot. Yeah, the big C word. All right, cool. What so, is our our topic of the week? Our our first, first topic of the week is... Uh, so there's this person called Melissa Chen who is a, a Singaporean who was, I mean, who was born in Singapore but moved to the US for university, I believe. Uh, just a few weeks ago, she became the first ever Singaporean to appear on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a title that I will willingly admit that I was always dreaming of earning my, uh, myself. Or it would be cool if both of us made it to the first the first Singaporeans on Joe Rogan podcast, but she she took it. But anyway, she's an activist based in the US. Mm-hmm. Um 
she came she came to the forefront a few years ago uh when she kind of spoke out in support of uh Amos Yee's uh uh quest for asylum in the US and I think she was yeah. the one who facilitated his his asylum being granted in the US right yeah I think she if I'm not wrong she was the one who was submitting the paperwork or doing a lot of the the paperwork and the corresponding with US authorities on Amos's uh, yeah. refuge refugee status uh. even though I think after a few weeks of interacting with Amos even she came out and kind of like uh kind of dissed him for the way he was acting right there was yeah, something yeah, there correct, correct. Yeah, yeah I think so uh, because Amos has I mean has a long history of uh turning uh, biting s- the hand that feeds uh, yeah exactly stabbing people who help him in the back uh. Yeah, so that was a few years ago, and I mean, since then, or even while she was doing that, she, I think, she has does a lot of work in the nonprofit world, and as of now, she actually works on a very cool nonprofit. She writes for the Spectator freelance, and she works on a cool nonprofit that translates uh the greatest literature from the West into uh Middle Eastern languages, like because her belief is that the Middle East could uh benefit from having some other ideas being shared with them, and fucking, it's 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 doing great in terms of getting the, the ideas out there la, which mm. is great uh, but a few days ago she she uh, encountered the the fury of Singapore netizens when she wrote an article for the Spectator which is a US publication titled Time to Ban Wet Markets China's ra- and the subtitle is China's rampant consumption of exotic animals and lack of hygiene standards is far from above criticism which you could you could argue yeah it's a good point but under the title the hero image for the imi- uh, for the article was a wet market in Singapore, yeah. taken fr- from a wet market in Singapore. So and it was labeled. I mean, a, uh, it was not a mistake because it was labeled yeah, yeah. literally labeled a wet market in Singapore. Yeah. So so even then, once you read the article, uh, the context of the Singapore market is she references her time growing up in Singapore and going to the wet market and describing it as like a not the most pleasant experience, la. And mm. then she segues into how it is in China. So, but people still went livid. Uh, like some of the, the responses to her on Twitter was, why are you using a picture of a wet market in Singapore if the story is about China? Aren't you born in Singapore? Don't you know that Singapore is not part of China? Our wet market is also very different. There is no slaughtering. So, of course, yeah. you get some people who jump to conclusions like that. But in general, her article kind of talks about, yeah, like the case for why wet markets in China should be closed. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but I mean, there were. What, what, what do you think of the of the article? Uh, I mean, we also got to point out that, uh, like I think Mr. Brown himself also posted mm. this article saying that, uh, yeah, it's a very different thing showing a Singapore a picture of a Singapore wet market and a China wet market lah, and, and, yeah. and also uh, Bertha Hansen as well, right? You said also had something yeah. to say about it. Uh, yeah. Basically, everyone's just calling her out for using the picture of the Singapore wet market lah. Uh, yeah. But so. I mean, W- yeah. What I thought about it, uh. Uh, yeah, or, or maybe should we just run through the article in brief? Yeah, like uh, yeah, sure, sure. I think because it's uh, so she she yeah, goes so into I quite mean, a lot of details, uh, Yeah, yeah. I I have the article in front of me. I'll just go paragraph by paragraph, like a high level. So the first one is a uh, is uh, talking about a flashback from her childhood, describing um what her how she didn't like wet markets growing up, and then the second paragraph describes a visit to the wet market when she was young, including the final sentencing, a mixture of blood, water, and flecks of fish scale rained upon me like macabre confetti. 
Um, and then she introduces wet markets like the one in Wuhan that was ground zero for COVID-19 um, and, and the issues they face. And then the next paragraph is about pictures and videos that showcase what it was like uh, and some stats on the virus uh, and, ha- and how many infections it had caused at the point of, of writing this article. Then the next paragraph goes into the history of the Chinese preference for wet markets um, and and uh, the reason why they came about. Then uh, the next paragraph debunks the myth that freshly killed animals taste superior uh, than, than animals that have been ki- killed and stored for a while. And then uh, into what drives the demand for exotic wildlife and talking about TCM and talking about how TCM kind of played a part in the spread of uh, wet markets. Then the next paragraph is what the Chinese government has done to curb the, the, the wildlife farm since the, the dreaded C word broke out. Uh, and then the second to last paragraph is talking about the general problems and it's not just her article but other articles as well. And the last paragraph is about how China needs to introduce regulation. So, so it was almost like Singapore was used as the intro and mm. there was nothing else about Singapore that was spoken then. Which is yeah. why I guess people were calling her out. But then she weirdly responded. So so co- she responded to the comment I read just now about there's nothing wrong with wet markets. Uh, wet markets in Singapore are regulated and safe. And then her response was, if you read the piece, you would have known that I exactly said that. Mm. So that's where I don't get her response. Mm. And, yeah, I, mean, and I think uh, that's where... Yeah. I think that that's what um, the gist of everyone calling her out is about. Uh, that there's something disingenuous about how she used the picture of a Singapore wet market and only mentioned it in her childhood memories but never addressed it uh, other than saying that, oh, these type of wet markets are found all over Asia like the one in Wuhan and that, lah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, and, and I mean, she had another response saying Singapore wet markets are fine, standards are high, never said anything about banning wet markets there, which is true. Mm. She did say... China Chinese wet markets need to be banned. But I'm just wondering, like, in terms of her thought process although, you you I mean, am I right to say that when you choose an image to be the one image that represents your article, you will want something that kind of captures the gist of it, right? Yeah. Which is why it's it's weird that she uses a Singapore wet market and and to to introduce it. La. And I mean, even then if you want to use it to introduce the topic, uh the I mean, this is what we learned in general paper, right? Like last time when we study how to write essays and all. Like you want to start off with something, you kind of like, you. it's nice if you bring it back to your intro. La. But this one said to said nothing nothing about Singapore. So, I mean, I, I personally am not that fussed about the article, but mm. I don't know what about you. I mean, uh, one thing about this Melissa Chen is that I think a lot of Singaporeans, the intelligentsia in Singapore, they have discredited that they, they basically think she's full shit lah. Um because Why, yeah? because of her support for Emercy for one. Uh secondly, I think in general activists, uh any kind of activist like in Singapore, uh, uh through years of years of of a lot of like uh media programming and everything Basically, we don't really see activists as as, as useful to society. Um, mm. So when you got an activist in the US who's helping Amos Yee with his refugee uh, application, and Amos Yee wasn't exactly the most loved person in Singapore either. La. And then, really? Yeah, and then suddenly <laughs> she turned around and said, oh, actually, I made a mistake. Amos Yee is a 
a vile person or whatever she said about Amosy and I can't support him. Then then everyone everyone there's a bit of like everyone's just laughing at her, la, Sheldon Freud and, and just like happy that, that she fucked up. La. So uh, some of the anger that I see in my personal Facebook feed and all directed towards her. Um is about her being a the daughter. Apparently she's the daughter of someone very rich, a rich civil servant in Singapore or something like that. And, and, really? and yeah, which which paints her at being what? an activist in an even more like hypocritical light. La. So so that that's where I think a lot of people start from when when looking at this article. Like here she is at it again, the this rich daughter of uh, some big civil servant in Singapore who who ran away to the US at a young age and like just likes to bash Singapore for the sake of bashing Singapore. La. That was the response. And and obviously what she did here hasn't helped her cause, obviously. Yeah. Um yeah. And her defense was yeah, that she didn't explicitly mention Singapore beyond the first couple of paragraphs. And she was just showing a wet market as an example. But uh it's a it's a bit difficult to swallow because at the same time, like you mentioned, right, she was on Joe Rogan's show uh, about a month ago and I listened to the whole thing and she sounded on that show like a, I, I also wanted to hey you know what is that crazy activist woman from Singapore who's on Joe Rogan I, I, I did not I was prepared to react badly to it but actually listened to it and I felt oh actually she sounds quite level headed she had good things and also bad things to say about Singapore um, yeah. both ways and, and, and which are even more apparent now because of the coronavirus and stuff like that right so I, yeah. I I didn't I felt like hey, actually hey you said the c word you said the c word oh you yeah shit C-word. everyone take a Fuck. shot <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah so I, I I didn't feel like she was um she she was that kind of crazy activist kind of uh persona la, that the a lot of the media has painted out to be um yeah so I I was I was kind of like I was trying to see oh, okay okay is she did she have a point in this article uh by not mentioning Singapore but. Uh, <laughs> This way, I I felt like okay, what's the word to describe her behavior here? I would say, is disingenuous lah, in the sense that yeah, you didn't mention Singapore beyond that, or you didn't say that Singapore's wet markets are bad, but just by having that hero image there and then talking about China, you are sort of implying something about Singapore's wet markets as well lah. Mm-hmm. So so so, and and she's a very smart person. She's educated. She's well spoken. You know she. She can go on Joe Rogan's podcast and talk for like a couple of hours and stuff like that. So so it's, she's not the kind of person mm. who 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 by mistake would would do something like that like Accidentally put a picture of Singapore there. I mean, everything she does is is definitely very calculated la. So that is true because right. because I mean the way she describes the wet market in the first two paragraphs doesn't is not uh is not complimentary in any way. Uh. So to yeah. read to read certain uh, excerpts from it um. The first first line of the entire article, there's a recurring flashback from my childhood that never fails to induce a blood-curdling shiver down my spine. Mm. Um, then, the place was a veritable, not-so-little shop of horrors until today, those horrors remain firmly etched in my memory. Mm. A distinctly fetid stench greets you long before entering the market. I don't even know what the fuck fetid means. Yeah. Soon it becomes apparent why they're not referred to as wet. Unidentified fluids, sometimes with ribbons of red swirls, pools around your shoes, draining from the blocks of ice used to keep all the meats fresh. So it's yeah, it, it doesn't paint the wet market in Singapore in a good light. And mm. immediately the last line of the second paragraph is a mixture of blood, water, and flecks of fish scale rained upon me like macabre confetti. The first sentence of the third paragraph is wet markets like the one in Wuhan that was ground zero. So yeah. 
Actually, yeah, I, I get what you mean about how... I mean, now, I think anyone putting content out needs to be very cognizant of, of how everything relates to everything else. Like, and, like, you you need to do your best job to make sure that things are not misinterpreted. Beyond yeah. a certain point, if people want to misinterpret, they'll misinterpret. Like, but I think it's a duty of any content creator to be responsible enough to make it as clear as possible. And this one, yeah, I kind of I kind of see your point that the first two paragraphs paint Singapore like a fucking uh, hellhole, the wet yeah. markets, and then it immediately goes to China and it ends off with why wet markets should be ba- banned in China. La. Yeah, it doesn't address anything in Singapore. Or the fact that our wet markets in Singapore are actually much more heavy, heavily regulated. Um, yeah. And they are very important source of fresh produce for a large part of the population as well. Oh. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, in her last paragraph, she says the least China could do is introduce higher food safety, higher food safety regulations, eradicate all wet markets and ban the wildlife trade once and for all. So, feels like there could have been so much to build on the food safety regulations part and point to Singapore as a positive example because I think in Singapore, the wet markets are well reg- regulated enough yeah. And like, yeah, like the 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 things you can buy there, like I think you also experienced it recently, right? Are much cheaper than the fucking markets, lah. Yeah, yeah. The and you can buy, right? Yeah, the the beauty about wet markets in Singapore is that you can buy stuff literally. I want like three limes. I can walk into a wet market and like, okay, I'm gonna buy three limes for like less than a dollar or something like that, lah. Whereas like yeah. you go to the supermarket, they sell you twelve at a go, lah, and you you end up wasting a lot of food. And I guess the association. Uh, where you jump from the wet market in Singapore to a wet market in China, I think they're two fucking different things, man. Yeah, yeah. It's so like the wet market, she said like the wet market is like the one in Wuhan that was ground zero. Uh, I mean, of course, there's a lot of speculation whether or not it was ground zero, but all evidence points to it being ground zero. That yeah. wet market sold fucking wildlife, man. Singapore yeah. wet market, the most exotic thing you can get is what? S- octopus? <laughs> I don't even know where you can get octopus. I don't know if you can get octopus. Can you get octopus? Uh, yeah, you can get squid. <laughs> I mean, yeah la, You definitely get all sorts of seafood and 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 raw meat la, but nothing exotic la, for sure. Like the pangolins you, and all that she's talking about. Because if you look at wet markets in Japan, mm. right, the fucking Tsukiji fish fish market has been the epi- epicenter of the wet market in Japan for how many goddamn fucking years? It's a and tourist like, attraction. It's totally fine. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, tourist, it's a tourist attraction. attraction. Yeah. You still get people killing and gu- gutting eels there, but but because it's so well run, well regulated, it works. So. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, yeah. Now, now I'm having a yalabat moment p- personally as well because when I read this, I was like, yeah. I mean, she has a point. Okay lah, she was just stupid to use that photo and not go back. But um, I think this was something Joe Rogan pointed out in his podcast about the the what was it vegan documentary? Uh, game uh, the game changers. Yeah. About how little things can imply association, even though it, even though it's not that explicit lah. Yeah, correct, correct. I think the specific example was that. Uh, in the documentary Game Changers, they linked uh, advertising for meat to how the advertising for tobacco used to be. The, the, these mm. two different, completely different industries and they, they linked the methods that they used to advertise each product. La. And so, the, the, uh, what part of the argument that uh, Joe Rogan and another person was making was that uh, you're sort of say, trying to insinuate in people's minds, incept in people's minds that Meat is almost as bad as tobacco, la. Mm, and then they, yeah, they and when when they pressed that the the game changers documentary filmmaker about it, he just kept saying, "No, I never said such a thing. I never said such a thing. I never said such a thing." Which is essentially what this Melissa Chen is doing, la. I never said such a thing, even though she put the two ideas side by side to insinuate it in a different way, la. Yeah, and and I mean, it's not say she's even like a a person who has never been to Singapore and might think Singapore's in China. Yeah. She fucking grew up in Singapore. Yeah. 
Which is, so I, that's, yeah, that's why I'm like kind of surprised there because I mean, like you said, she was doing, she's doing very interesting uh, work in terms of translating literature across across different cultures and stuff like that, right? So, yeah. so this sounds like someone who wants to bridge cultures rather than than uh, enforce stereotypes about things. So again, if anything, like her, even at the most base level, her her article doesn't help the. The, the stereotype that Singapore is part of China you know the one that we always <laughs> yeah, every time you go to the US every time we always have people ask you oh which part of China is, the, is Singapore at? I mean I think that, that, that one they ask you la. they oh, ask they me, me yeah, oh yeah. which part of the Caribbean or which part of the <laughs> Middle East is Singapore yeah 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 correct I, I get the China I get the China comment <laughs> you la. get the China one yeah um, no, so and I mean like like even for her Amos Yee thing, right? I think what happened was she she helped him make the jump, but after a while when he went to US and lost like a a, a screw and started coming out and supporting pedophilia and all that, that's when she felt she couldn't stand for it, like, which I respect, like, you know, the fact that she tried to to provide asylum yeah. given what he did in Singapore, which I think by most accounts people there were there were quite a few people, myself included, who felt like, okay, he may have said some stupid things, but he wasn't being treated as a minor. Like. Yeah, correct. So that's where I think she was being uh, noble enough to to help out. Mm. And when she stepped back after he started supporting pedophilia, yeah, I can understand. And like what you said, if you listen to a podcast, she seems like a very level-headed person who's very aware of how cultural differences can be uh, reinforced or broken. La. So this one... Maybe, maybe in all honesty, maybe she had not slept for a few days or like, <laughs> I don't know, was covering some stuff. She just uploaded the wrong image or yeah. missed out a paragraph. Yeah, she missed out a whole oh. paragraph just yeah, explaining, oh, you know, Singapore paragraph. is very different and maybe China should look into doing that. Yeah, and, and here you get us, us two fucking idiots 10,000 kilometers away doing a, like a podcast on this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, but it is, it, is possi- it is entirely possible that that in the in proofreading or whatever, she they just she just forgot to include something or a disclaimer or whatever, and and subsequently hit publish lah. And then now that it's out there and and it's getting views because of this of this uh mistake, uh then she just has to double down and pretend like oh it was entirely part of the plan lah. It's, it's possible lah, right? Wow, which I mean, which is also surprising because she tweets a lot, man. And it was almost like a constant train of thought and I think if one thing uh, uh, like seems like the the one way of more correcting a wrong you do online is to just accept that okay maybe something went wrong so who knows man maybe maybe if we post this and tag her yeah. and we play the hey you know we're Singaporean you're Singaporean you just went on Joe Rogan's podcast we do podcasts yeah. Terrence is Chinese you're Chinese yeah. maybe 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 some link can happen there because it'd be cool if, if, if we can get her on our podcast remotely. It'd be interesting. How cool yeah. would that be, yeah? Yeah. Then I we mean, can ask her about Amos Yee also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think she's she, I mean she might be just doubling down on on what she's what she published because she knows that that gets the clicks as well, uh, like as opposed to issuing a correction or anything like that. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, it's a bit like what Donald Trump does these days as well, uh, right? Just he says something stupid and then after that he just doubles da- doubles down on it, and then someone else has to clean up the mess for him after that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. Again, again, in his latest statement, apparently he misquoted something about the new drug trials they're having. Uh, and wow, fuck. I think he's like the epitome of someone who just, I don't know, is so clueless whether they are aware of it or not that that they just go on thinking they didn't fuck up. Maybe that should be the yeah. way we should all lead our lives. You, know? you fuck up, <laughs> but the next day you wake up, everything's back to normal, man. 
Yeah, you yeah. let other people clean up your shit. Yeah, someone someone else will clean up your shit for you. Don't don't do it. like they, everyone will forget eventually because everyone has such short attention spans. Yeah, especially now with every fucking week like having some new thing that happens. Holy crap, man! Yeah, holy crap. But yeah, yeah. maybe we should try and try and like we'll we, we'll definitely tag Melissa Chen. I don't know whether she's on Instagram, but we yeah. can tag her and just it'd be cool if we can get her thoughts on this and and why why she did what she did like that would be cool yeah i mean i i, I like it that I, I like it uh when we, i think that's something we don't do enough is that we don't take uh take uh, we we don't force accountability or we don't ask for accountability of the media as well uh, mm. a lot of times we don't question a why why are certain uh details being omitted or included in in this article or this why is this picture bigger than the other picture you know things like that, lah. Especially like uh, the the real litmus test is come election time, uh. You see the when you see the coverage in the mainstream media of like you know the incumbents versus opposition, and you just compare the language and the size of the pictures and all that. You know, it's a very big exercise in understanding what their agenda is, uh. Yeah, so, sure. So it, it's it's. I feel like for someone like her who keeps talking about freedom and literacy and media literacy and culture and all that. I think she also needs to look at this at a for a moment and and not just play the oh I I never said that I never said that that card uh, that usual that very Donald Trumpish kind of way of doing things uh. yeah but she got uh, uh quite a few posts on uh how Singapore reacted to the to the C word uh and kind of like in positive positive ways la. yeah yeah that's why I say yeah, that's why I say yeah. I was very surprised that she's not all about shitting on Singapore especially on Joe yeah. Rogan's podcast and and I thought. That is something uh, worth listening to. Listening to because I realize a lot of Singaporeans are angry, still angry with her because of Amos Yee. So, so it, it's just <laughs> this. This incident doesn't help her in 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 the view of a lot of Sing- uh, in terms of Sing- how Singaporeans view her. But maybe she just doesn't care either like, like she's really left the country like for twenty over years. Well, Stella, now yeah. I really want to talk to her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting character for sure. Yeah. Cool. Cool, but, cool, yeah. cool. Hey, we avoided. We only said the c word once in the last half an hour. Yeah, it's amazing. And don't say we, okay? You did it. Don't drag <laughs> me down with you. You, say you only said it. I didn't say. It. I didn't say it at all. I was very. I was very cognizant of it. Okay. And okay. we lasted. Yeah, thirty-one minutes. Thirty-one minutes. Okay. 31, cool, cool. Okay. Now into into another distantly, I guess distantly related uh, topic, but fucking awesome. Uh, it it was when? Uh, it was today. Is it? Were you talking about uh, a show or what? No, no, the the second topic like, for today. Oh, I thought we were going to... to of course, like, that's something that we talked about doing uh, on our podcast was to actually play a clip from... Oh, I thought after after we finished talking about the topics. Oh, you mean we play it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we play it now. We play yeah. it now. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been... A lot of people have been asking hey, uh, what goes on beyond the first three episodes of the show because like, they... They watch oh, the so first. Oh, so yeah. Then I think maybe maybe you can can tell people the show is not the podcast show. It's the other show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I'll show yeah, she's as, a as Terrence all and I love her. Yeah. yeah. As all you listeners can tell, Terrence and I like really really play, lock everything down before podcast, but then I ultimately fuck it up, <laughs> So so Terrence, take it away. <laughs> but, yeah, as you know, our show she's a Terrence and I love her has been out for I think a few weeks already. Uh, the first yeah. three episodes are free to watch, so feel free to just pop on the hook. Uh, or me watch, uh, which is the formerly known as Toggle to watch it. Uh, but beyond the first three episodes, a lot of people are like, "Hey, shit! You know, I want to watch it, but I don't want to pay anything more because of the economic crisis and all that." Is there a solution for people who don't want to pay 
that much more, Harish? Uh, am, I, am I supposed to have a solution? I mean, I, okay, I know Hook has a 30-day free trial. Mm, yes, that's right. That's the solution, right? Oh, that was the solution you were going <laughs> for. <Okay. laughs> I was asking them to pirate or anything. <laughs> like, don't worry. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, there, there is... If you... First of all, like... if if I mean, okay... Um, it's always we always appreciate when people try and support local and we try to so if you guys can support local that would be wonderful and if you feel like paying what I think hook every month is seven ninety eight for one month okay fine uh, you want to put that expense somewhere else sure you want to buy another frappuccino sure but hook does offer a one month free trial when you sign up so if you can just sign up finish five episodes which are just like 30 25 to 30 minutes each within a month you can watch it for free so yeah so technically you can still watch it for free yeah so, so uh, there's I no real excuse yeah because i think uh like what you said la, it's uh it's just a uh, it's a very bingeable four hours and uh it there's really uh you just try if you like if you like hook because hook is a platform as well uh it's still it has a lot of movies and other things that you might be interested in uh, and you'll be surprised at the range of uh, Hollywood movies that you can find on Hook compared to something yeah. like Netflix because um, yeah. as you know right now production has halted for all Netflix shows uh, as well so you're not going to get a lot of new stuff coming out for the, the, I think the pipeline's going to be clogged up a little bit la, and yeah. it might be worth just looking at what other options are out there as well la. And and it's not just us saying that it's a bingeable series because we're not just like uh, uh, tooting our own horn, but just I mean this week uh, we were we were we were interviewed by the South China Morning Post yeah. uh, because the reporter herself chanced upon our show and watched all eight episodes in a row and the article on South China Morning Post, which is a fairly well-read uh, newspaper, will be, will be publishing an article on the show next week. Yeah, so it's something yeah. to look forward to. And yeah, yeah. so we, we talked about, we want to uh, maybe give a preview by playing a clip from a, from a one of, which, which episode did we play, play it till? I think last time was episode three, so now it'll be episode four. Yeah, so it's, this is the so-called play Here's audio clip, yeah. Yeah, where we're going to play an audio clip of something that might be interesting for you so that you can decide for yourself if you want to continue watching as well. And here it is. Hanyo, are you threatening me? <laughs> No, I'm just telling you to play it smart. And FYI, this is borderline sexual harassment. Look, just play along and give me all the information that your mole has. <laughs> Who knows, you just might be able to keep your job. As my bitch. Okay, cool. So, so just Google She's a Terrorist, uh, Hook, H-O-O-Q, and you'll find a link to it. You can watch the first three episodes for free, and you can sign up for free 30 days to watch the other five. Yeah. Cool. All right, now now back to this show, mm. uh, the second half of this show, which is where we talk about another newsworthy topic that... Uh, whether or, not, whether or not it's newsworthy is one thing. It just caught our attention. Uh. Yeah, and it this caught a lot out, of people's attention. Yeah, <laughs> this came out today at 3.56 p.m. Hot off the fucking press, man. <laughs> now it's just like 5 p.m. Uh, uh, shall I read the title of the Mothership article? <laughs> yeah, please do. Shanmugam, uh, which is the Minister of Law of uh, for Sing- from Singapore, slams Facebook post by NUS Atheist Society suggesting using holy books as toilet paper. So... This again, it can stand alone without even the what's going on in the world now. So let's just take it as it is. 
just assume there's a shortage of toilet paper anywhere in the world or in Singapore for whatever reason. And the <laughs> the Facebook post NUS Atheist Society, which is just a uh, like a like a meme account or something for mm. with a thousand followers. I don't think they are they are hardcore atheists like Richard Dawkins uh, followers and all, right? Yeah. I think they just post funny stuff and poking fun at religion, lah. So. So they they posted just a picture of the Holy Bible and the Quran with that caption, and then Shanmugam about an hour ago posted uh like he starts off his post on Facebook within square brackets post offensive to Muslims and Christians, and then he goes on to describe it. Uh, and the apparently police and IMDA, which is the Information and Media Development Authority of Singapore, have asked Facebook to disable access to the offensive post in Singapore. Yeah. Uh yeah. So. <laughs> So it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's just fucking. I mean, when you when you send me this article, I just burst out laughing. Uh. I mean, one of the main things is that uh, them clamping down so hard has also brought more attention to attention the actual post as itself. Always, as yeah. always. So the meme the meme page after they got taken down, they had a response on Facebook also, um, uh-huh. which I need to uh, just open it up to see. Uh, are you on US page? Atheists, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. have uh, a thousand one hundred and three followers. Yeah. So NUS so Atheist Society statement in yeah. the aftermath of NUS Students United, NUS Atheist Society denounces the excessive power that government has to take down spoof and meme pages. Although this one was from tw- the one that you're reading was from some time back. If you scroll further oh, down, yes. Oh shit! Five so hours it's not ago. The first time. It's not yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah. So five hours ago, NUS Atheist Society posted. Thanks for convicting us of thought crime. Therefore, please use these discreetly during times of toilet paper crisis. <laughs> so, wait, I mean, they, they, they're definitely, they're definitely taking the mickey. And then below is the, is the Facebook advisory, la, an important message about your photo. Due to local legal restrictions, we've limited access to your photo in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> so, NUS AT Society is obviously not, uh, they're not, uh, sorry about what they did, la. They are just like they're just trolling even more right now. So, so I mean, in the comments, right? Uh, mm. but there are quite a few people kind of chastising the NUS atheist society about why they are doubling down and saying it's okay to be an atheist, but treading on religious sensitivities in Singapore has a price, and you're probably going to pay for it. Yeah. Um. They they say this is sedition and offensive under the maintenance of religious harmony act, mm-hmm. but. Is it is it really sedition though? I mean, like in the past when like like Pretty Please and Subhash Nair did the rap thing, I after putting a lot of thought through it, uh, to it, I felt that was somewhat seditious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, I feel like I don't know. Is it is it seditious? I mean, it is. I mean, essentially, it's saying that religious text is nothing better than toilet paper. That's what the the image implies like right uh so religion i think is one of the protected uh one of the sacred protected things in singapore's constitution as well so i whether it breaks law yeah i think i think it does break the law in that sense la. Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so like i mean okay you're saying I guess, okay, th- this is where you need to extrapolate it for it to be offensive. Like, because you assume toilet paper is just to wipe shit. But you can use yeah. toilet paper for a bunch of other reasons. 
right? That is true, like, Yeah, correct. So yeah, is is someone basically? Uh, I guess someone feels offended that it has devalued the worth of 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 their but religious text. But I mean, like, text, I, I, I sometimes use toilet paper to wipe my face when it's wet. Yeah, is that is that odd? So I mean, ultimately, if putting something to my face, I mean, in some way, you could say is is being respectful of it. So so is it is it that the it's like you you know the the Rorschach test or like those things where they have yeah. a black outline but your mind fills in and kind of tells you what it says or you yeah. start like filling in the blanks. Is yeah, this yeah. a case of that where people are filling in the blanks of toilet paper being used to wipe people's assholes? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I actually the the first thing I thought of was that toilet paper is such a hot commodity now, lah. It's like the yeah, most <laughs> the most <laughs> exactly. expensive thing that you might want to buy, or even if you can even can you even get it, lah. So so so, so that's the f- yeah. when when people talk about toilet paper to me now, it's just like oh, it's gonna be very expensive or what lah. So no, so it's like yeah, it, if you think about it, like they're saying like it can be used in place of toilet paper, right? Like what yeah. is the for any religion, one of the the goals is to spread it, right, and to get yeah. it into as many people's hands as possible. So when they're saying use this as toilet paper, if you want to be abstract about it, it's like almost like okay, let people fight over this because. It is so in demand. We want people to want this as much as possible. So, yeah. so you can also extrapolate it that way, right? But, but that's where that's where the the name of the of this uh, Facebook page is the is the giveaway, lah. Because uh, okay, no, yeah. And okay, well, one more thing, right? If you want to talk about extrapolation, right? All the caption says is for use during toilet paper shortages, and then a picture of the two books. Mm. You could also argue that in times of extreme toilet paper shortage, where you're being, you know, stressed and and depressed, these books can give you solace. You yeah, know, they yeah, can yeah. be. They they're not saying use it to wipe your ass. Correct, so that's correct. why I feel, I feel like this can go so many ways, and if you just choose to to think one way, then mm. then I feel this is not seditious. In fact, now I feel more so that this is not seditious. Because mm. that's all the caption says. But that's the thing about the... That's the thing about the law in Singapore, right? Like what we feel about whether something is seditious or not, right? It's, uh, it's a very big grey area uh, in the sense that it, the, the authorities have the uh, ultimate power to determine whether something is seditious, lah. And that's where it's it's um I mean we are ma- you're making very logical points about it, but uh as a law itself, if they just say that okay this is seditious, then then there's there's not much you can say about it, lah. But I mean uh, all, all, I mean one of the things that the comments the first comment in this um is quite actually is interesting to me where it says where you ask why are you doubling down? It's okay to be an atheist, but treading on religious sensitivities in Singapore has a price, and you're probably going to pay for it. Uh, I don't really care about them paying for it because I, I don't. Uh, I mean, this is just a troll page. Right? It doesn't mean anything. I don't even know if these people are based in Singapore, but the fact that they use the term atheist, it just blanket paints atheists again as like uh, people who are anti-religion and and you know are going to say very mean things about your religion and things like that, lah. Which is not true, lah. Sometimes atheists just they just you know they just. They just don't believe lah, and then they're not necessarily out there to to antagonize anyone either. But when this NUS AT Society posts something like that 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 has antagonized a lot of uh, religious people, it just puts a, a bad name for atheists as well. Wow, yeah, I mean, a bad name for atheists, I I guess. But okay, let's say let's say 
if they were not called the NUS ATA Society, would that make be less of an issue? Because if you look on Shanmugam's page, right, a lot of the mm. comments are fucking like loving the crap out of him uh, and saying thank you, Minister, for saving our country and all that. But a lot of the comments also kind of go into the argument of atheists versus religious people. Mm-hmm. So to me, is again like it's extrapolating something that. Well, like you want to talk about the beliefs of atheists versus religious people, just based on this post and like chastising this this anonymous group for this post, I feel it's it's doing more to to divide if anything, like and even Shamugam's post, there's a there's a mosaic out picture of the Quran and the Bible, but yeah. <laughs> in some way, like what you say, like clamping down is kind of giving more attention to it, unless at the back of his mind he knows that these people are gonna be jailed or 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 or, in, or called in for investigation, la. So yeah. for him, it's like okay, it doesn't matter. Give it more visibility, but ultimately, these people are gonna pay. Which I think is like, and I mean, the past few weeks, I've been like thinking the Singapore government, like fucking, has been doing a great job. Uh, yeah. And 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 as much as I as I like criticizing them because it makes me feel better about myself, this just gives more ammo to for me to to again see like why why does this have to be done? Like I really think this is this is uh, something that's totally unnecessary, la. So your thought is that they. Uh, don't have to uh, unnecessary in terms of uh, in terms of who. I mean, I I think okay. So, I th- I wish this this sort of post would just be allowed to just live. Oh, okay, uh, okay. But uh, because I don't see anything inherently wrong with it. Mm. But if you ask me, given the context of Singapore, yeah, la, I don't think they will get away with it, la, Which is yeah. sad, la, Because there's so many assumptions that people have to make for this to become offensive, la, I feel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, la, I I think. Uh, well, I wouldn't vilify the government or Shamugam specifically for anything because he, I mean, it's part of his job to also... Yeah, it's part he, of his job. La. Yeah, if someone complains, he has to react somehow. La. Um, but, you know, the, I guess, yeah, in, in terms of you saying that uh, you wish it wasn't necessary, I guess you're saying that you wish that the people wouldn't get so worked up so easily and end up bringing, yeah. more, bringing more attention to something that they don't want people to see la, or spread, and, la, right? And call and causing more divide and again uh, blanket uh, brushing the entire group of atheists and religious people because now people yeah. probably hardcore atheists would look at this, all these people religious people and saying oh look at this, this bunch of uh, butt hurt people and all that and religious people are going to look at atheists and like what you say like, they, they paint a brush like, when to me this one and I totally get why Shamugam has to respond because like what you said the rules are clear in Singapore yeah. I guess my issue is more with the rules and the why people can't just um, let it be here. Uh, let it be, especially for something as ambiguous as this. If yeah. they said you can use this to wipe your ass, then yeah. to me that's a bigger problem. But just looking at the caption, for use during toilet paper shortages, a lot of people bring books uh, into the toilet to read. <laughs> Maybe just, just saying, you know, you bring this in, you keep calm, you learn to use a fucking bidet, and yeah. like, at least with all struggles, you're trying something new, you can use this sort of religious text to ground you and, and make you get get over the obstacle. Like. So you can look at it a lot of different ways, right? but the one way to that when you look at it becomes offensive is what is what uh, is seen to be the, it's, it's that is uh, assigned to be the intention of the atheist society. Like. And yeah. I guess, doesn't help that they're called that. So you can assume that, yeah, they, they just want to poke fun at religion. La. So it yeah. just feels like a lot of, you know, like when you, 
like when you're when you're dating uh, uh when you're trying to ask someone you don't know on a date and she doesn't reply or she replies something which is somewhat ambiguous and you start filling your mind with all these stories of what she's thinking what she might not be thinking this feels mm-hmm. like that lah unfortunately yeah, yeah. that's to do with religion and the law lah yeah but you know speaking of um paper right like actually one interesting nugget I I I heard I heard last time like, I don't know how true it is but I heard from someone who who owned a uh, paper factory in in Indonesia and all that. Was that the mm. two biggest sort um, buyers for his factory la, of the paper was uh, for the paper was either used for religious texts or for rolling tobacco and smoke and, and ro- for cigarettes <laughs> la. So, so those were his two biggest customers customer bases la. So it's, to me it was just the most I mean the biggest ironic thing the most ironic thing ever la. that his two his two biggest customers were either like the religious texts or or cigarettes. La. <laughs> And here I am trying to fucking recycle at home just to save the fucking trees. Yeah. When some people just stop smoking cigarettes, we can save more trees. <laughs> God yeah. damn, man! So it's a uh, this whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I mean Shanmugam, yeah, like he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Even if he thinks that oh my god, why is this such an overreaction? Like he still has <laughs> to do something, lah. Yeah. And he's probably thinking like, "Fuck, man, the world is fucking melting." And <laughs> <laughs> these fuckers that post this, yeah. I still have to type out a fucking post and call out these idiots for offending some other people. Fuck this shit! But he has to do it, lah. Yes, do so it. So he's probably—I <laughs> mean—he and his his peers are probably not getting much sleep and are yeah. probably stressed as fuck. So hats off to them. In yeah. fact, I think they—I would—I would. I would Maybe one day in the f- in the past in the future when Shamugam is retired and able to speak his mind, maybe he might look back and say, you know, all that fucking times I had to deal with all this fucking shit, stupid fucking emotions hurt. Oh my god, that that would be that would be nice to hear, la. Yeah, yeah. I think I think his Shamugam will have a lot of war stories to tell. Maybe that's why he has four dogs, uh, Just to go back and just like vent. He has four dogs, right? I think. Is it? Does he have four dogs? Oh, he has a bunch of dogs, like he's he's okay, definitely more than one. He's a he's a I, he's known in the dog community as a dog lover, lah. Yeah, yeah, and I think there was a short documentary done of him last time. He definitely has more than one dog. Maybe that's why he needs more than one dog, lah. Like, he just mm. goes back and he vents to them about all the stupid things he has to take care of amidst <laughs> the much bigger problems, lah. Yeah. God Probably. damn! God damn! But yeah, so so okay. One benefit of shit like this happening is that it takes us away from the sea world, lah. Yeah, we've not mentioned it at all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like like so maybe maybe this is this is maybe NUS AT society is so meta thinking that okay the one thing that would make people as passionate is religion like They will take one for the team and post something like this to take people's attention away from from the bigger the bigger stuff happening in the world today like. So yeah. So for that, I mean, if people are going to extrapolate and assume put uh, a call uh, assign intention to them, I'm going to assign them this intention. Uh, they, they mm. took one for the team and gave us something to talk about this week. <laughs> thank you. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. And US Atheist Society. <laughs> but yeah, you got cool. you got you. You all have some uh, paperwork to get through for the next couple. Yeah, of that's why. Weeks, I think. Yeah, at least keep them busy, lah. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Fifty-one minutes without talking, and now we are we are wait we have we have a new segment this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is which is so. Just to just to give our listeners uh, some context, of course, if you have any thoughts on the first two stories we spoke about, uh, please do DM us. Um, we always do try to respond to whoever DMs us, no matter how long your message might be. Um, but 
in the past we've had people ask whether they can call in while we're recording the podcast which logistically is kind of hard because we don't do live recordings as of now but mm. we also realized that in Instagram DM you can actually send a voice message so we just put out a post uh some a few hours before today's uh, session just calling to see whether anyone might actually send us a, a audio clip of something that is not uh related to the c word uh whether it's a uh, a piece of encouragement a question or or something to do uh while you're at home and we actually got one person sending someone something in mm-hmm. uh and we're going to play it now uh going forward if i mean we we're, we're going to try and do this more often we are we are toying with the idea of doing more regular podcast maybe twice a week especially now when we are both working from home and and I mean the response every time we put out a podcast is great so we want to do more of that and maybe have a more heads up for our listeners to kind of ask questions so it will be like a call in to the podcast except it's done beforehand so we will just record the clips uh and then play it on the podcast lah so mm. so so now we're going to play uh, one we receive today from from Katania who has actually been on our podcast uh we're not going to act like oh my god who is this Katania Tan person <laughs> uh, she has been on our podcast she has act- she acted in our show uh, and i guess she's also a fan of the uh, podcast so she she was one of the first to to send something in and this is what she sent hey guys it's Katania or Kato Voltrates on Instagram um since we're all sending um voice messages and videos to you guys i thought i'd share my favorite myers briggs uh personality test the mbti personality test um it's on the website 16personalities.com and uh you get to know a little bit more about yourself uh, if you're self quarantining this uh covid-19 season That's about it. <laughs> Have fun. Okay, so that was Kaitanya Tan. Uh she did say the C word, so if you're doing a shot of your <laughs> sriracha or water, please go ahead. But but yeah, going for Oh, and and we uh, a dear listener of ours who uh, uh took a page from when we started talking about the possibility of having a subreddit for our podcast when another listener of ours messaged us asking whether we are going to have a subreddit so the first listener actually created a subreddit uh we're going to put a link in the show notes and the uh, i guess the reason why we thought the subreddit was a good idea when we when we first uh heard about it is um that so the people who have been messaging us on Instagram they they like the fact that they can talk to us but they also want to find out what other listeners think about whatever podcast we do so the goal of this subreddit is just a place where after every show we will post the link to the latest episode and hopefully listeners will go there and kind of share their thoughts not just with us but with other people from the community as well so so just just like this podcast i mean it's it's new it's growing so if you guys can show some love uh post a comment we would really really appreciate that because just like how we started this podcast as an experiment and seeing it grow over the past few months has been awesome we yeah. want to see that pod, uh subreddit grow also lah Just don't post pictures of uh, religious texts and and say that you want to use it as toilet paper, lah. <laughs> Unless uh, then maybe then we invite Shamugam to be part of the subreddit. Uh. No, then our sh- subreddit will get shut down also. <laughs> <laughs> and that's we don't want that to happen. True, true, true. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we got those two things out of the way. Now it's for the time for the final segment called One Shook Thing. It's our favorite segment because so, it's always puts yeah, a smile on segment. everyone's faces, right? Yeah. So 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 what's your one shock thing Darren's? Uh my one shock thing of the week actually is a Netflix show. It's uh mm. called Kingdom. 
I think a lot of people. Oh, you finish? Yeah, it oh. should. Mm. By now, if you've, unless you've uh, really been living under a rock, it's number one on the trending page of Netflix in Singapore. So a lot of people have watched it. It's a very good zombie, zombie uh, movie that is set during the uh, ancient Korean, uh, ancient Korea times. So it's it is a Korean show. But it doesn't have all the typical Korean drama tropes or, or K-pop or anything like it's that. It's a la. series, la, right? It's yeah, a yeah series, it's a full right? series. Yeah, ah. full two two mm. seasons already. So this is the second season uh, after a very a very big cliffhanger in the first season. And uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. It's just it's just uh, interesting to watch because of the times that we're living in, the C word and everything, and and how people deal with it. So it's uh, and I think it gives a very much more satisfying. Um, it has a much more satisfying ending like this season than last season. So so, so I think so it's worth checking out, yeah. So that means because it's your one show thing, I assume it's good. La. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I have my thoughts about the season two versus season one. But it, overall, as a whole, I think it's a, it's a very good piece of entertainment. You know? Okay, um, okay. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like masterpiece or anything like that. Uh, in, in fact, people who know me better... If I if if you've had conversations with me in recent days, I would <laughs> you would have also uh, heard my theory about when the production started running out of money la. Like I feel like you could literally see a difference between uh, from episode to episode la. Like at one point because they, they did they did run out of money right? They uh, I think they budget. went way over budget and you know, over schedule and and stuff like that, which was something that Harish highlighted to me. And then I, yeah. I, when watching the show, I actually felt like I literally could see the point when that happened. Uh. And it's, oh, it's, it's quite interesting because interesting. especially if you are involved in media and production and all that, just, just understanding how to cheat certain things and all, then it, then it helps you look out for, oh, this is the point when probably they realize, oh shit, we, can't, we don't have budget to hire more people and stuff like that. Like. Oh, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I haven't started watching it because I remember watching season one and... I had heard so much about it and honestly after the first episode I was like fuck man this is so slow I can't do it and then I watched the yeah. second episode it got better but by third episode I was like holy shit this is good and by the end I was like oh my god I can't yeah. wait for season 2 and, and I think that's the mark of a good show where people are just waiting for season 2 to come out yeah 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 exactly so oh, okay so that's cool I might, I might watch it tonight oh yeah yeah you should, I think yeah it's a but it's not it's not a super bingeable in the, it, it does it does feel slow at certain points as well oh, I think, okay, you, I think okay, you know okay. that right so, yeah, so, but no, I, w- I won't binge. I, I haven't actually binged an entire season of any show in uh, before. Huh? No, uh, even I always like to spread. Now, I won't show. I watched it in two parts, oh, but okay, it was more okay. a logistical thing. Uh, I see. Because I, I, I wanted to watch it with my girlfriend, and then we watched a few episodes first, and then we had to go our separate ways, and then we watched it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Probably she okay. probably cool. pissed her off or something. Uh. <laughs> then she's <laughs> like, "Okay, fuck! I'm not watching this shit anymore." Then after that, she's like, okay, la, fine, I'll finish it with you. La. Fucking <laughs> hell, so we can just shut up and stop talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. My, my one show thing is also a show uh, which I watched uh, on, the w- on the plane on the way back from, from Bali, which was the cause of my fucking self-quarantine for these two weeks, is Jojo Rabbit. Mm. Yeah, have you seen it yet? No, I've not seen it. No. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because after that, I was reading the reviews and it was quite polarizing amongst the critics. But amongst mm. the general viewer, it got universal uh, acclaim. La. And I don't know, I feel the critics, the comments, some of it was like, oh, you know, it could have gone so much deeper and darker about Nazism and, and all that. But to me, I think it was a great film. It was, it was 
it was a very contained film. Like when you watch it, if if you're involved involved in production, right? I mean, granted, the budget was still fifteen million dollars, but if you look in the Hollywood sphere of thing things, that's a tiny budget, like, And the way they told a very good story with just a few characters was very inspirational to me as a aspiring filmmaker, la. So that was good. It was a great movie. Uh, I have such a man crush on Taika Waititi's uh, filmmaking skills now. Uh, so that was that was good, but. The 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 cake or the, the the cream on top of the one show thing cake is that the sound designer for the show is Eileen Lee, which mm. is the Singaporean sound designer who won an Academy Award for La La Land. I see, but yeah, is the show very big on on like music and and audio? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it definitely. I wouldn't say big in the sense of like Baby Driver big, but the music definitely uh plays a a big part into it like, because the way I think he uh, Taika Waititi managed to navigate the seriousness of Nazism and Hitler and and World War Two was uh with with the comical performances with the writing but also with music mm-hmm. so like in the intro he plays the I wanna hold your hand see, at, with, uh, 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 on top of a montage of people Heil Hitlering uh, with the right hand up I so see, I so I think music music did play a big part in, in it and. It was a good movie, uh, and I read the whole screenplay yesterday. Uh, and to see the name of a Singaporean on the show is also wow, fuck, that is awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so so that's but cool. There might be a chance to see it in Singapore cinemas again soon, because I what I hear is that uh, cinemas are going to start like showing uh, older shows because a lot yeah, of the yeah, yeah. big the big new shows have been uh, either postponed or, or cancelled entirely, lah. Yeah, so there might but still be a chance to watch some of these like a few months older award-winning shows, uh. But then the tricky thing is there is like, w- should we even be going to watch movies? I guess that's a whole topic for a whole separate discussion. Uh. Yeah, it's a, it's another c-word discussion. Yeah, it's another <laughs> c-word discussion. But yeah, so I guess that's that's our podcast for our second. I guess no, this is kind of like this week's podcast. We are going to explore doing two podcasts a week. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned earlier, so. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're trying to break into the top 20 on Spotify and eventually the top 10 and maybe the top 3. That would be awesome. Yeah. But I just want to say that if, yeah, like if uh, we will always remember that the essence of what our podcast is is about talking about real topics, you know, and, 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 and uh, stuff that we feel that you guys are interested in. Lah. So always yeah. do keep keep giving us feedback about what you think about this week's topic because that really motivates us to actually think harder or or dig dig deeper for more more interesting topics. Eh? Until we choose to sell out, uh, then we have other presenters and like music and sound effects and all that. Uh. No, I mean Nas Daily. Nas Daily is on, on <laughs> yeah. our hit list. We've got to get <laughs> him in for interview. Ask him how do you be so successful in Singapore? Yeah, <laughs> and then all our podcasts will just be one minute one minute long. Yeah. <laughs> cool okay cool man Stay thanks guys everyone. for listening in and cheers uh, and we will talk to you all next week yeah keep a safe distance 